Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. In the last uh, time we were in the Sermon on the Mount, two weeks ago, we were looking at what Jesus said about the Old Testament. And how Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but I came to fulfill them. Um, And as I said a couple weeks ago, that was talking about the Old Testament. The the law and the prophets, it's not just um, the the moral law that Jesus was talking about, but he, he named specifically those two parts of the Hebrew Scriptures. He was talking about the Old Testament. He didn't come to abolish those things, but to fulfill them, and how the Old Testament all points to Jesus. Well, Jesus here comes and He begins to correct our misunderstandings about the law. He begins to correct our wrong readings of even the Ten Commandments. In... uh, This uh, section here of the Sermon on the Mount from uh, here until the end of uh, chapter 5, Jesus keeps saying something like, you have heard that it was said, and then he gives one of the laws of the Old Testament. And then he says, but I say unto you. He follows this pattern through about six different laws of the Old Testament. And in this one that we're looking at today, he's talking about Murder. You shall not murder. And it goes much deeper than uh, we are typically used to thinking about that command. So I'll read from Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 21. If you would stand for the reading of God's word. You have heard that it was said, To those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out, until you have paid the last penny. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we pray that your word would do its work in us. Lord, your word is sharper than any two-edged sword and able to divide between the bone and the marrow. Lord, we pray that your word would do its surgeon's work in our hearts. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And Father, be with me. A sinner. 
I can't say that I live up to everything that this text says. I am a, a beggar that's sharing with others how to find bread. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. He begins, as I said, he, he begins, You have heard that it was said to those who, of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. The, these words were familiar to the hearers of Jesus. I mean, he was, he was quoting the, the commandment that says, You shall not murder. It comes from Exodus chapter 20, and it's also found in Deuteronomy Chapter 5, within the Ten Commandments. It's very, very simple. You would think. You would think that it's very easy to understand. A couple of caveats. First of all, it says specifically murder. There are different words for killing in the Old Testament. And uh, one of those specifically is to murder. Um, When uh, we read... You shall not murder. It isn't written, you shall not kill. Um, There are times, I think within the Old Testament allowances, uh, whenever, you know, there there was killing that was called for. Jesus, or not Jesus, but God told the uh, (coughs) Israelites to go out and to defeat all the nations that they were were going in to possess the land. That was not murder. Uh, That was... Uh, battle that was that was war, and so there is some kind of a, a different stance. Not all killing is the same, but this is specifically talking about murder. And Jesus, he says, "You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment." What's he talking about there? Liable to the judgment. Does that mean that he'll be liable to to go to court? What is this judgment that he's talking about? I think that probably what was on their minds was that everybody knew what the penalty for murder would be. You go back to that passage from Genesis chapter 9 that I had Charlene read. And God told, God told Noah in that time, he said, whoever sheds man's blood by man, his blood shall be shed. And... Specifically, this is done because God has created man in the image of God. Human beings are created in God's image. We are of a higher value than any other created being. Nobody else, no other creature did God ever say that they were created in the image of God. And so, to lash out and to attack a human being is to lash out an attack on God, on the image of God Himself. So, because that offense of of killing another person, of murdering someone, was so heinous, the fact that it is against someone that is created in the image of God, the only thing that would do, the only thing suitable, would have been capital punishment. What, what the Old Testament understanding was. 
Jesus, you know, he said in the past passage that we looked at a few weeks ago, he didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And he said, whoever laxes one of the least of these commandments will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. So he didn't come to make things less, but he came to ratchet it up. Jesus here says, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be liable to the judgment. But here Jesus says, but I say to you. What does Jesus say? But I say to you, anyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to the judgment. You ever been angry with somebody? Jesus here says, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to the judgment. We, we, can, we can be a little bit proud. We can think of ourselves and think, well, I, I've never done that. I've never, I've never done, I've never killed anybody. I'm a pretty good person. And we kind of think prideful about ourselves because we can think about what we've never done. But Jesus here, he demolishes all of our self-righteousness. He says, whoever has been angry with his brother, you deserve the same punishment as those that have murdered. Why is this? What is the root cause of murder? It's hatred. It's anger. It, it is, is down deep within our hearts. We, we become angry with someone. And really the only thing that would keep us from lashing out and killing someone when we're angry is the fear of consequences. The fear of what other people might think of us if we do this or that. The things that we do in our actions physically, that, that's... That's just a symptom of the problem that is within our hearts. The real problem is is the anger and the hatred that dwells within us. Sin will take us as far as it can take us. It is not content to be small. We we think of our sin as if, oh, I've never done that. I've never killed somebody. I've never done that. And we think of our own sin as small. We, we like to do that because it, it builds up our pride. We think we're better than other people. But our, our sin, it, it won't be content to be small. If we don't deal with our sin, if we don't repent of that sin, if we don't mortify our sin, it will lead us all the way to death. We might let anger fester and fester. And while we, we say, well, I would never do that. We let it go unresolved long enough. Our sin will take us to our graves. Jesus says again, whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. The, some translations will say whoever says to his brother, Raka. Basically, it's uh, calling somebody empty-headed. Like, you blockhead. Like Charlie Brown would call someone. You blockhead. Whoever says something like that, whoever calls his brother empty-headed, 
is liable to the council. And by the council, I think that is the, the very council that would sentence someone to the death penalty. And then Jesus says, whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. The word there for you fool, it's more. And we get, we get the, the word moron from the same thing. So if, if we call somebody a moron, it says that we are liable to the hell of fire. We can get up all self-righteous and, and think, well, I've never killed anybody. I've never done this. I've never done that. But God doesn't look necessarily just at the things that we do with our hands. He looks at our hearts. Have you ever been angry with someone? Have you ever let a, a, a word just slip out of anger at someone? Jesus gives us instructions on what we're to do. Verse 23. He says... So if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Jesus here is is saying something to us that really matters. The principle we get from this is, Our worship is not as important to him as our relationships with one another. The reconciliation between us is more important than our worship. He doesn't even see what we're doing. He hides his face from our worship. If we we worship, we we do so hypocritically. God hates hypocritical worship. We might come every Sunday and put on a smiley face, but if in our heart we continue to harbor resentment towards another person, all we're doing by coming each Sunday is just heaping up more wrath. We may put money in the offering plate and think we're doing God a favor, But if we have resentment towards another person, we continue to just build up more and more and more guilt upon ourselves. God hates hypocritical worship. And this isn't something that's just new that Jesus is is introducing. Back in Isaiah chapter 1. Starting in verse 11, it says, What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord? I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or lambs or goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required of you this trampling of my courts? Bring in no more vain offerings. There is incense is an abomination to me. New moons and Sabbath and the calling of convocations. I cannot endure iniquity in the solemn assembly. Your new, moon, your new moons and appointed feasts my soul hates. 
They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, and plead the widow's case. I'll continue. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they will be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient... You will eat the good of the land. Jesus here, he tells us, if we have resentment, he doesn't want to see our worship. He doesn't want to see us coming here and being just a hypocrite. He wants us to resolve things with our brothers and sisters. Now, is that what we like to do? What do we typically do? What is it often that we do when we don't listen to what Jesus is telling us? We gossip. We spread what so-and-so has done. We go and talk to other people and we, we don't go and resolve it with that person one-on-one like Matthew 18 would tell us to. We, we just spread the word. And we say, oh, can you believe this person did that? Oh, I can't believe they call themselves a Christian and they, they did that. No. When you're offended by another person within the church, don't just talk about them and spread rumors and things like that, but go to them. Go to them and resolve them. That's obeying what Jesus said right here. If you have something against your brother, before you can worship, before you can come and sing his praises first, go and reconcile with your brother. And the other thing we often do in a church setting, when we get offended by somebody else, what do we do? We just leave. Well, there's another church down the street. There's another church in town. We can go, we can go to it. We get offended. And instead of resolving things, instead of working things out and being reconciled, we leave. What does Jesus say? We don't go off to a different church. No, Jesus says, reconcile with your brother. If you don't reconcile with your brother, then we're guilty of the same kind of thing. We're guilty of this hypocritic worship. We might go to another church, we might be around different people, but if we still maintain that anger within our heart and refusal to reconcile with our brothers... Does God really even hear our worship? I may be being a little bit harsh on us. Then Jesus begins in the next verse. He changes. He talks first about his brother brother and and about worship. Then he says, Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are still going with him to the court. Lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard 
and you'll be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. There's a principle here we see. It goes better for us if we admit our faults and we go to someone proactively rather than waiting for us to get caught. Most of the time it does. We think of, uh, this week I was watching Leave it to Beaver with my kids. Uh, Many of us may be familiar with that. If it's before your time, I'm sorry. But uh, Beaver uh, and and Wally were left at home. And they they were... um, Ward and June, they were going on a trip that was going to be overnight, and and they were going to be watched by a babysitter, but uh, the babysitter had to cancel, so Wally was left in charge of the beef, okay, and uh, they... uh, Wally was getting dinner ready for Beaver, and and, uh, they... uh, Beaver was supposed to take his bath, and he left the water running, okay? The water is running... And it overflows the tub, and while they're sitting there at the dinner table, they see water begins to come down out of the ceiling in the kitchen. Well, they clean up all the mess and make everything all, all, all good again. And, and Wally even takes a hair dryer, and he, and he uh, uh, dries out the ceiling as best as he can before they come home. And they, his parents come home, and they think, oh, everything is fine, and then they're sitting down at the meal table again, and what happens? The ceiling comes crashing down. So, Wally and the Beave are left with the question, are they going to admit what they've done, or are they going to conceal it? And the truth is, we can't really ever conceal anything. There will become a day, there will come a judgment day in which everything we have ever done, every careless word we have ever uttered will be exposed. It will be revealed. And God knows everything now. Wally and the Beeve, they, they revealed their error they, they did not hide it. They went and confessed it to their parents. And they got off easy because they had gone to them. Well, that is kind of the principle here. Jesus says, come to terms quickly with your accuser while he's on his way to court with you. Don't wait for the consequences just to be on top of you. But, but you go and you admit You come to terms that way. Be reconciled. A lot of times we, in our lives, we we will let things kind of build up and build up and build up. And our lives are out of control and we can't manage it. And if we would just go to help, go to ask for help, go to someone that can help us, then maybe we could get things under control. But no, we think we can handle it. And we wait until the consequences just become too much and they crush us. And Jesus here says, go to your accuser and reconcile quickly. Don't wait for the consequences to come out. But reconcile quickly. 
All this being said, we don't want to be self-righteous people. We don't want to read the Old Testament. We don't want to read the law. Things like, you shall not murder, the same way the Pharisees did. Well, I've never done that, so I'm okay. No, we recognize that this is a heart issue. Sin is sin. Whether it's murder, or whether it's being offended by someone and holding a grudge, sin is sin. And regardless of whether it's murder or just holding a grudge against someone, both of them can send us to hell. And what is the answer? You know, a believer... Someone who is a believer in Jesus, someone who has trusted in Christ, will obey what Jesus said. The character of a believer is changed. I'm not saying there is some kind of a legalistic sense in which if you do this, you will be rewarded. If you go and reconcile, then you will be rewarded. That's not what I'm saying. Rather... When the Holy Spirit is in you, it doesn't mean you're not going to sin anymore. But whenever you do get offended, whenever you do get angry at someone, you will hear the voice of Jesus and it will call you to repentance. It will call you to go to your brother and reconcile. It's not a a this for that kind of earning acceptance thing. No, it's because we hear the voice of our Master and we can't help but follow Him. We've been changed. We are all guilty. It's not a matter of just keeping a set of regulations. I've never killed anybody. We're all murderers at heart. We've all been angry. When Jesus says what He says here, He he rips away all of our opportunity to justify ourselves, to be self-righteous. He lays all that bare and He shows you can never fulfill the law. Because Jesus is the one who came to fulfill the law. He's the one who did that. He is the one who lived a completely, perfectly righteous, sinless life. We could never do that. We always have have something that comes up. We get irritated at something or someone. We yell. We fly off the handle. Someone offends us. The remedy... Is repentance and faith in Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Trust in Him. He is the answer. That He He brings forgiveness. He died. He took our place because we were sinners. Because we could never live up to God's holy and righteous standard. Because it is much much higher than just have you ever killed anybody. The only hope we have is looking to Jesus. And He will in no way cast anyone out. 
who looks to him, who trusts in him. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.